You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Hello, everybody. Hello, Sitok. Hello. I've got that song in my head now. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> this is my United States of whatever. You don't, you don't, you don't. I love you, but that's not how he sings it. That's my he's version. Like, it's the Rocky whiny. Horror Picture Show. <laughs> he's whiny. This is my United States of whatever. Also, yours just sounds nothing like it. <laughs> <laughs> it does in my head. It's a one-hit wonder from a guy called Liam Lynch. So if you look that one it's up awesome. on YouTube, you can listen to it. She was all like, ooh, and I'm like, ooh, whatever. <laughs> All right, so uh, it is Oscar weekend, and we were talking mostly about this movie before the after the show, right? Correct. So we will um, we will tell you that that was what we were talking about. That was it. That was it. Nothing else. Pretty much. I'm playing uh, solitaire. Yeah. Also, I've, go on your soapbox about solitaire. Yeah. It should be free. I don't understand. No, I explain. It um, is okay. What it is? I bought a computer in 1994. My first computer ever. It's the same one she's using now. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Part of it's downstairs in the garage because it's so cool looking. Uh, the gu- the guts of it. I think I still have one thing. But anyway, I had Windows 3.1. And guess what Windows 3.1 had? Uh, 3.1 something? Solitaire. And then guess what every single fucking Windows had since then for free? Solitaire. No ads. No bullshit. And now you play solitaire, and it's like some little weenly, weaselly fucker at some meeting, some point in time, and why yourself like rubbing their little fingertips together, going and rubbing their little mustache at the same time. They're this weaselly. Hey, I think we can mine some dollars out of the Windows owners. Yes, make them look at ads. We can sell ads to the people, or we can make them pay. Yeah, it's if you've just, never ugh. if you've never noticed, Windows 10 has a version of Solitaire called Microsoft Solitaire, and it it not only it's free to download from the Windows Store, but if you want to remove the ads from it, which you do because it's irritating, <laughs> it's four ninety nine, right, to remove them. No, it's one ninety nine. Sorry, one ninety nine. But this is the kicker. But Sid Talk already gave it away. Sorry, well, yeah. I didn't that, know it was a spoiler, uh, but... Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> uh, the kicker is it's one ninety nine every month. Like, they'll put the ads back on. Now, people are going to be rolling their eyes going, $2 a month? But that's not uh, the point, right? What if someone said, all of a sudden, after we've been breathing free air for four billion years, they someone comes along and puts a bubble over your city and says, oh, by the way, it's only $2 a day now for you to breathe air. I mean, it's air. That's a pretty good deal. We happen to be in charge of the air now, so you have to pay up, right? Does that sound right? No, I'm not saying solitaire is air. I'm just. (laughs) That um, you also have to. Spit it out. (laughs) Have internet to play. Yeah, another. That's just. You have to to be connected to Xbox Live. 
It's messed up. Who are these people? Who are these people? I'm all for making money. You know what? Charge me $100 for Windows now and let me let me off the fucking hook, man. I don't need to be a fish on a hook. Sell me the software. I'll put it on my computer. If I want to go on the internet and buy all the stuff, fine. Then give it to me for $50 or free or whatever. But if I want to buy it, let me buy it. Just like those games, right? We bitch and complain about games now where it's like, if you, if you just say, give me $20 for this fun little game. Not solitaire. It's not on the table for this. Um, instead of, oh, it's free, but you can only play one round a day. Or you can give us $2 and $7 and $14. No, just sell me the game. But not solitaire. <laughs> okay, I'm stepping down. If you're a I'm listener and you know of a better solitaire game that is free, let me know. Unfortunately, be- there probably isn't. Well, you never know. Somebody might know about something. All right, so it is Saturday, February the 8th. This is after the show 620. We're a movie review podcast. It's Oscar weekend, so we're looking at one of the best picture nominees. That movie is Parasite. It's a 2019 movie. It's released on Blu-ray. Oh, you can actually get it now. Blu-ray digital. uh, No 4K release for this one. It's rated R from our friends at Universal, who sent us a copy for review. Sid Talk... You give us the synopsis of your synopsis, mm. and I will give you the one off the back of the box to compare it. Ooh, that's a tough one. But don't spoil anything uh, at this point. I mean, don't... Okay. Well, well you, can, uh, you can say a fair <laughs> amount, because this one on the back What's of the box. The... Um, oh. It's called Parasite, and it's a, it's a human study about the rich and the poor. All right. That's it. I'll go for the one off the back of the box. That's <laughs> it got... sounds so much less interesting when I say it. The one on the back of the box. All right. So the, this this could even have some mild spoilers in it. So if you want to see this movie. Yeah, it's better if you know nothing because it made it so, so much too. better. But, you know. We'll talk about this movie in depth and we'll discuss all the plot points. So if you've not seen it, go and see it first. Please. And then come back and tell us. Because it is available right now. All right. And it could have won an Oscar at this point. When you're listening to this, I guess. You might be listening to this in 2055. We don't know. Yeah. Um, All right. The back of the box. Meet the Park family. The picture of aspirational wealth. And the Kim family. Rich in street smart, but not much else. Be it chance or fate, these two houses are brought together and the Kims sense a golden opportunity. Masterminded by college-aged Ki Woo, the Kim children expediently install themselves as tutor and art therapist to the parks. Jeez, this is like just the whole thing. Soon, a symbiotic relationship forms between the two families. Symbiotic. The Kims provide indispensable luxury services, while the parks obviously bankroll their entire household. When a parasitic interloper threatens the Kims' newfound comfort, Hmm. comfort, a savage, underhanded battle for dominance breaks out threatening to destroy the fragile ecosystem between the Kims and the Parks. That's too much. By turns darkly hilarious and heart-wrenching, Parasite showcases a modern master at the top of his game. That is too much, man. That's like giving the whole game away. Yeah. All right, so Parasite, I want to say, it was uh, almost flawless for me. Oh, my. It was... Sheesh. Yes. And I've seen um, I've seen the other movies by this guy. 
Boon Jun Ho. I think I got Apologize that right. now. We are going to apologize for how we're going to say people's <laughs> names. I am not familiar with pronunciation of Korean names. I assume they're Korean because it is a movie. He's Korean, correct? South yes, Korean. South Korea. Right. And so if we say them incorrectly, uh, we apologize. We'll probably say them phonetically. Strike us down. Because I don't know if J's are silent or ever ever said well, in the name. I just watched an interview with the director, and the guy who was talking to him called him Bong Joon Ho. He actually okay. said Bong Joon Ho, and I was like, "Is Bong the right?" But it must be Bong Joon Ho. Probably that way he'd say it straight to his different face. pronunciation on it, but <laughs> Bong Joon Ho. Because so that's every letter spelled out and said out. But again, apologies, apologies ahead of time. So I didn't know um, anything about this movie. Uh, I didn't actually see a trailer for this or know what it is about. All I know, all I had to base it on was I've seen other movies by this director, and those movies were really cool. Okja, we, which we watched, mm-hmm. and The Host, which we also was a long time ago. But it was one of the first, to be honest, one of my first subtitled movies that was like a. It was like mm, it's not horror so much, monster feature, or whatever. And I was just in love with it. I loved it. I loved it. It was about the time we also watched, I think, um, was it uh, Night and Day or whatever? Night Watch? Night Watch and Day Watch. Was yeah. it around then? Yeah, possibly. Those are, Those Russian. are Russian movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, vampire Russian movies, which are also very good. Yeah, so... Um, so, well, first of all, let's get over it. Let's talk about the subtitles. You will be reading subtitles? Yeah. It does not have... They never bother... They don't bother me, personally. But. No, they don't bother me at all. In fact, I think when you get in the flow of it, you do have to... Like, you could find yourself just staring at the bottom of the screen waiting for words. But after you do it for a while, you get to where you can kind of, like, almost skirt the dialogue and you catch it all and looking at the action. I know that sounds like a lot for some people. They don't like that. But um, I feel like it was well done... It wasn't like Rush and it wasn't a lot. Well, one thing I have um, about subtitled movies, one thing I do know about them, is because you have to give the movie your full attention, you can't, you can't literally, you can't watch this and look at the sports results at the same time. <laughs> it's not going to work. Like, is that why people don't like them? I, th- I feel like it is, yeah, because you know people like to do 50 things at once. <gasps> True. Um, I give movies my full attention anyway, but I feel like anybody who watches a movie like this movie, has to give it the full attention, so I think sometimes the movie gets in them better. You know, true. I, mean? I agree. Like they they come away with something rather than, oh yeah, that movie was okay, but I didn't watch the middle part because I was answering a phone call or you know that kind of stuff. But then those people aren't going to watch this because they're not going to want to read it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm not trying to stereotype. I'm just saying, like, you do find a very specific group of people. Yeah, who are willing <laughs> to like sit there and read? I imagine it's difficult for some people because I'm a fast reader. I can speed read as well, like so. It's kind of automatic for me. There's no like thinking about watching the subtitles. But imagine if you struggle with words, or you true. It would absolutely, be that could. I I absolutely think that could be. Occasionally, I um flip things around, and right. so. As I'm reading and right as it's about to disappear, I'm like, whoa, whoa, I needed to read that again. I needed to read it again. But then I just let it go and kind of pull what I can. So it does, I can understand if you would like to read them, but you struggle with reading. But for me, as long as it's like one sentence, 
you know, and because I'm mostly trying to focus on the action and the scene because this movie's beautiful as well. It looks great. I love the scene, the sets and everything. Great acting. So I advocate for subtitles if you can, if you can watch this movie. Yeah, there is no um, dub feature like, you know, for the... Yeah, which is kind of weird, right? Not really, not... not. I mean, if you want a lot of people to watch your movie... Yeah, there actually is... Uh, no, there isn't. Um, with a lot of foreign movies, they don't put a dub. Because, like, sometimes the director's against dubs because it makes it... Yeah, you say foreign, right? But yeah. you're British, I'm American. All right, foreign language So any British American movie... Is what I mean. Is a foreign movie, right? Yeah. Well, so Star Wars would technically be foreign because it's made in England. Well, in in England, when we say foreign movie, which we often do, it's just for anything that's not in English. I know, like, but I'm just saying, wherever you are, it's not foreign. I mean, technically, an American movie is a foreign movie, but also we if I spoke it. Korean, it wouldn't feel like a foreign movie to me. Right, but um, no, a lot of directors don't like dubs because it can come across goofy sometimes. Like if it's done not done right. I agree. They don't always get it right. If it's not lined up properly, the mouths as well, it just seems weird. Yeah. Like it's like you're watching an old Kung Fu movie. It's just odd. I like it as it is. It's subtitled. So if you get into this movie, just know that. It's Korean language. Be prepared to read. Yeah. So um, I what I like, really liked about this movie and why I think it's nearly perfect oh my. is... I like it when you get so excited. But yeah, it's... um, I had no idea where it was going... Also, it's about 50 different genres at once. <laughs> like, True. it starts off like a comedy, like almost like, the, you know, the scenes where they're in their own apartment. And it's kind of funny, like when they're doing the pizza boxes, these people are poor. And what they're doing for a job is folding pizza boxes for a pizza parlor. And they're folding these pizza boxes and they're watching a YouTube video to show them how to do it faster. And the father's getting really, he wants to be really, really <laughs> fast at it. Yeah, and it's just funny. Like, it's, it seems, it's very lighthearted and pretty funny, apart from they're in this, you know, very poor situation. And there's a, they're looking through this window and there's a guy, like but a But to drunk. be fair, if you think about it, they're kind of happy. That's what I mean. They are. It's yeah. fun. It's fun. But then... This scenario unfolds where, due to a series of events, one of them gets a job in this, these rich people, they live in a really nice house, and he gets a job tutoring the daughter. And then these peop this family that we're, we're learning about, they devise a plan. The first, like I say to you about the different genres, it starts to feel like a heist, like they're pulling off this, mm -hmm. um, like... Let's all work for this family. Like, so, like, w then we'll be fine because we'll be living in, like, luxury. We're getting paid good. It'll be awesome. And we won't tell them that we all know each other. We're going to so con our way into their lives. Yeah, so it's a con. And, you know, eventually they all get in there and they're all working for this rich family. And the rich family trusts them. And it's just, it's pretty Cool for them for a while. So what many genres have you gone through so far? Comedy, con, heist? Yes. Okay. Um, there's also the comedy uh, is broad and then it's also subtle as well. It's also like slapsticky. Like there's a bunch of that stuff. Yeah. This all seems, there's drama, 
as well between the family, you know, because they're struggling and they have to interact with this rich family. There's this class, you know, the whole movie is really about this class divide thing. About, as you can see, the movie's called Par Parasite. But, like, what is the par Parasite? Is it the, the poor people living off the rich people or is it the rich people using the poor people to yeah. make their lives better? It's a loop. So it's, it's a parasitic this, loop. Yeah. Now... Now, the box says symbiotic. Yeah, it does. <clears throat> Which is, like, they need each away. other. Like a, yeah. Yeah, to, to operate. Like, the posh people need the help and they... Help but aren't the there different people. kinds of parasites? There are the kinds that suck all the life out of you until you die and then they move on. And then there's the kind that is truly symbiotic where you give each other what you need. I'll give I you an example of I don't know, science, symbiotic in movies. Mm -hmm. Venom's thing is a symbiotic relationship. Because the bad thing that gets in him needs him to be its thing and he needs it to stay alive. Okay. So there you go. Okay. So. Good explanation. This movie operates, you know, like I say, and then it turns into like a thriller of sorts. Well, it is very thrilling in parts. There's like a plot point in the middle of the movie that changes things up considerably, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that's the idea. And then there's elements of horror. There's elements of definitely suspense. There's probably everything you can think of in this movie. And all the while... It is a study of sort of the vulgarities of the rich versus the desperation of poor people. Yeah. So, like, you've got, it's constantly reminding you this sort of, she's not, not intelligent, the wife of the rich guy. But, I mean, they keep saying she's she's simple. She's not. She's It's just that the way this guy must, this director guy must think of her. She's sort of gullible. Because she buys all their sob stories, or all of their little cons, basically. And she doesn't seem to do anything. This husband comes home and she hops up and walks over and, you know, it's like to greet yeah, him. Yeah, she so doesn't like really a, do anything at like all. Like a 1950s, our imagine, my imagination of a 1950s American TV kind of wife, you know? And so you, you're constantly kind of making fun of that. And then how sort of demanding they are of their hired help, you know? Do this, do that, have this ready for me right now. But in the sort of like, just do it. Like, of course, you're just going to do it because I expect you to just do it. And the son is getting like really spoiled, as some people would say. I wouldn't because I hate that term. But, you know, they're sort of catering to their little son. Anything he wants, they don't discipline him or anything. And the daughter's got a bit of an attitude, you know. So I think we're just highlighting a caricature of what people think of the rich people and then the poor people living in the base, base, basement, like the sub-basement where a guy's pissing on their window, you know, and they're, it's all kind of like gross and it feels like it smells bad. And when the bug guy comes to spray the street, they leave their windows open and get the bug spray all over them because they can't afford to get bug spray, you know. So it's sort of like making fun. And then the pizza box thing, it's sort of like, look how desperate they are, that they want to be good at folding boxes. You know what I mean? And then look at this rich lady who has no clue how completely inane she is by however she is. So I feel like you've got that in your face constant. It's a little heavy handed at times, but it seems to fit just right. Yeah. And there's, um, there's, pol there's a political thing. It talks about the supreme leader at one point. Well, that's of North Korea. That's what I'm saying. There's a political message that's it's kind of kind of shoehorned in it. 
a little bit. Mm. Um, which reminds me of uh, Spike Lee, to be honest, where he just shoe-ons like, like... I don't feel like it had that much of a message. I'm not... I must I have missed mo- something. They were saying, so he was saying something about... Yeah, but if you don't know what, then I guess it wasn't much of a message. Yeah, well, often Spike Lee does the same thing. There's a bit of a rant <laughs> it's, in It's the, very clear what Spike Lee is saying. There's a rant in the middle of a Spike Lee Right, movie. and we understand and like, completely, I don't know what that was about. but we do know what it's about. In this one, it is a woman imitating a North Korean newsreader or, you know, a person on the news. And even her husband is like, how do you know how to imitate a North Korean news newscaster? And she's just basically making fun of... Yeah. Um whatever the guy whatever he's doing but i'm not sure of the actual social political commentary there because i don't know it might not be how the people commentary at all then. yeah i don't know how what those people all think of each other and the whole culture there so i would have to bone up on that to understand the actual who who's sitting there watching that movie going oh my gosh i can't believe they just did that or someone else being really pissed off about it like i would have no measure of that yeah i'm thinking it might not be all right might not be political it, it might be um satire like um but it's political yeah. we just don't know what it, it might is. not be making a statement is is my what oh I'm i think it was it and my point was we just, just don't know what it is right but yeah there's some of that there's horror for sure but don't you know Looking at the cover of this movie, I would think it was a horror movie, actually. Mm. If you, if you show me the cover of this movie, uh, it doesn't really say anything about the plot or anything, but I would go, oh, some kind of horror movie? Because there's actually a body on the floor. True. Um, so I would be like, oh, horror movie. D- it, this isn't a horror movie. I don't think so. I mean, it's got some violence in it, but it's not a horror movie. Because it's not scary, is it? Or anything like that. It's just suspenseful. Suspenseful, for and sure. And you, you know, it goes in a direction that you're like, what is happening? Like, I'm, mm-hmm. like I'm, ooh. And it has a really satisfying ending. I really like the ending. Mm-hmm. I agree. Which I won't, I won't say the ending. Because it is, it is really cool. It's like, oh, I like it. So, um, anything uh, you want to mention about the plot? The Oh, no. cinematography. Awesome. Gorgeous. It's lovely to look at. It's got great sets. Great, great sets. Nice lighting so you can see everything. Really good lighting. Really good, like, (laughs) um, composition. You know, I like art and stuff. And so when a scene, when you, when they go to a new shot and it's like nicely balanced and it's almost like you could do a screenshot of it and look at it as a picture. I like those. Yeah. And there's a lot of, um, a lot of the shots are composed as you're at the bottom of something looking up or you're at the mm-hmm. top of something looking down, like like that ramp going up to the it's house. It's pretty dynamic, but there aren't any camera... There's no camera trickery going on. No. It's not like directing style necessarily so much as an overall tone and like the, the quality of all the sets and the makeup of each shot. One of my favorite parts of the movie is at the beginning of the movie, the opening shot that... They're uh, trying to get Wi-Fi on their phones <laughs> because they're poor, like, and they they've got no Wi-Fi. They've not got any money to pay for it, so they're holding their phones. They're up. mad because the cafe put a uh, password on their Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, so they're holding the phones up trying to get Wi-Fi. But then you see them looking out of the window into the street, and they're kind of just below the street, and you can see the street at eye level, and it's kind of gross. This there's, there's a drunk man having a piss against a thing. And they're looking, but they're kind of happy with how they are. They're doing yeah. the job. They're looking, 
But then a bit later on in the film, when they actually do progress to be in the rich people's house, it's the same thing. They're all sat at the coffee table looking out of this nicer window. But doing the exact same thing, making a mess. Doing the same thing. It's kind of squalored up all around them. And then there's a lot of that where you're like... That's a commentary in itself. Like if you give someone who doesn't have as much money the chance to live in the money, and we're going to say we're being very judgmental here, the person is saying, yes, I believe that poor people would just ruin wherever they are. Because that's just the way they are. And these people kind of prove that. <laughs> yeah, they do. Like, they don't take nice care of what they're doing. They're just sort of wallowing in it. Because I think, ultimately, they know it's not going to last, I'm guessing. Yeah. It's not think, like a permanent situation. So. I think they feel like they're going to be sprung any moment, right? Sure. Like, like, oh, well, it's going fine now, but maybe tomorrow we're done. <laughs> and, the fa- you know, the father gives a speech at some point about... Um, Life, it's a very deep thing about life, about making plans and how making plans, life never works. Yeah, it's pointless to make a plan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's good. There's a lot of cool dialogue. There's a lot of cool imagery. And, you know, there's this, I said to you, there's this theme of Native Americans in there a little. It's even on the cover of the box. I don't 100% know what that was saying. I think it was just. Or was that about like United how, States and capitalism, and how Native Americans were kind of like shunted off to the side, and they're like the. I'm not sure about that. I think it's more about. I don't know. It's interpretive, but um, you could probably ask the director, and he'd tell you. Yeah, there's actually a um, extra on the Blu-ray, which is a um, question and answer. Which, but it was uh, so boring. Oh my god, the guy asking the dumbest questions. Ugh. That's why I like hot ones because he doesn't ask boring, stupid questions. They're always the surprised with his questions. Yeah, they always like, go, "Wow!" <laughs> he asks questions that's not like obvious because the guy goes, "Well, there." And the guy asking this director, um, "Yeah, uh, there are lots of stares in this movie, commenting on you know the social status." And he's saying it all deep and shit. Like, what kind of fucking idiot wouldn't notice that? That's not. <laughs> yes, that was a visual tool he was using. There's nothing deep about it. Like, I'm not trying to be insulting to the director if that's, like, a big deal. But, I mean, that's not the question you ask. It's very obvious to anyone who watches a lot of movies or reads a lot of books or, you know, kind of delves into storytelling or absorbing stories. I don't really tell them. I like to absorb them. Yes, that's very obvious. It's a tool or whatever you call it. You know, it's like a way to frame an idea. And they do go down a lot of steps. But, like, why would you ask him that? To make him think you're clever? Like, I just was over it. As soon as he asked that question, I'm like, oh, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, this so, is my United States of whatever. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, it, yeah, it's almost, it's, I I can actually try, when I say it's almost perfect, I can't think of anything I don't like. Even the story, like, I was like, well, this has got to, it's so, it's so, involving and like i'm not even like time's just going by like it's it's one of those absolutely it's a very well told story yeah so i'm like it's happening in front of me and i'm like well this has got to fall apart right it's all gonna i mean i don't mean like for the characters i mean like it can't live up it can't keep going at this really awesome pace that it's going at with surprise after surprise and interesting scenario after and i was like so the ending's probably gonna go it's not gonna be no, I really like the ending. Like when the when it cut to the directed by, I was like, 
shite. They even nailed the ending. <laughs> like, it has a satisfying conclusion to it, which it doesn't, you know, when you... It is you, hard to pull off a good ending for a person is. who's seen a lot of stories. Yeah, you think of that movie, again, I'll bring up Jordan Peele, the movie Us... Which was quite a good movie. I Very really good. enjoyed it. It, it was it like building up to like this. It was just really, again, beautiful. Looked great. Great tension. Interesting. Weirdness. A lot of violence mixed with the absurdity of it all. And then you're like, oh. Yeah, you're like, that's really? it? <laughs> like, like, it's not mind-blowing. I'm sorry. Like 80% of your movie was so good and like. The end, and that's what I said to you, I think one of the hardest things in screenwriting and writing a story is making it all be interesting. Like, it doesn't just I mean, fall that's apart. what, yeah, but lots of movies have fantastic endings, Because so. we're watching um, a thing on HBO at the moment called The Outsider, which started, like, the beginning, like, the first two episodes, I feel... Mind-blowing. Are, are a, yeah, oh my god, like, I can't wait, but <laughs> yeah. then... As it's getting further into it, I'm feeling a bit like, oh. Oh, that's... are you? I'm not at all. I mean, I'm it's been good, it. but I'm not sure like how it's how it's going to like. No, I'm digging it. I mean, how it be satisfactorily concluded is what I'm getting at. Like, because right. it's a it's a really think... high concept idea at the beginning. Don't think about it. Just let it happen. But that's that's just an example. So. This yeah, you're movie, pre, you're pre-thinking it. You don't even know what it is. This movie nails beginning, middle, and end. Like it, there's nothing for you. Yeah, for me, it <laughs> really does. Like I, I, I can't think of a time where I was like, oh, you, oh, it's going that way. I was like, oh, I'm surprised that that is happening. Like there are a few of those. There's yeah. layers upon layers of things where you're like, oh. So if you're into like cleverly put together yeah, but mystery. It's not fair to say that because not everyone will get it. Well, no, we but I'm say, I'm, well, let's say you can deal with like a subtitled movie that's a bit artsy. <laughs> I don't think, I don't feel like it's overly artsy. To I be don't honest. think it's artsy at all. I think it's no. just a combination, like you said, of different, you, it takes you on different journeys. It's not just one thing. Yeah. It's not overly artsy. It's, you know, it, it's easy to understand. It, I mean, language I mean, barriers. Not, like. not necessarily. I think some people would struggle with, like, what the hell's going on a lot of the time. Oh, really? Yes. I thought it was pretty plain. Like they. I don't think it is, though, because, like, if the name is Parasite, not everyone is going to sit there and go, oh, I get it. Who's the parasite and who's the host? Like, they're just not. Like, I think that is a, that would complicate it for some people. Um. So uh, not everyone's as smart as you, honey. You can uh, read these names. Read I few. can't read those names. Let me just say then. We'll, we'll say it this way. Everybody in this movie was amazing. Some more amazing than others, but like, really awesome cast. Yeah, and we said earlier that before the podcast that there are some scenes that might come across as goofy, like you're not you're not used to the, it because you watch you know Western films. And you know we've have you ever watched like kung fu movies? I have not, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the, like extra movement of the head, extra and the movement extra, of the head, yeah. and it just seems a bit. You're like, what is that? Why are they doing that? And it's just actually a thing that is done in, and it's it's common in those movies. You're not used to it, so you automatically go, "Oh, that's weird." Well, there's some acting in the beginning of this movie that is similar to that, and I'm 
I'm thinking, is this bad acting or is this really over the top? Yeah, I don't think it is. Dialogue? I think it's just a style. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, we're not tuned into fully. I think it's like a, like, what do you call it? Farce? Is that what you call it? No, I just think it's a style. I don't know. Yeah, that, that style. I mean, if you looked at like, um, it's, it's like they're going for a com- comedic thing, which is not exactly what you're used to, but it's probably in a lot of Korean films or even Japanese films, or I've seen it in Japanese films where it's like, oh, what's, what's this? And sometimes I feel like when you're reading subtitles, they can't 100% convey everything. I agree. Like, like, you don't get the nuance of it sometimes, like the way they're delivering it. You're like, oh, that doesn't seem to match what I'm reading. It just seems weird. So there's a bit of that in the beginning, but I don't feel like that's an error in any way. I think it's just, that's how this movie is. And, you know, subtitles can often, I mean, it's, you can't literally translate, can you, any language, like word for word. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know a lot so of they have I don't know any simplify. of the languages. Often, they are, like Japanese especially, they have to simplify into English a lot. So I, I've heard people who watch anime, for instance, say, well, I speak Japanese and I, listen, I watch the anime and then I turn off the, the thing and put the subtitles on and it's like half the movie. Right. Or half, you know, it's half like the it's all gone. Like, yeah. So I feel like there's a bit of that sometimes in a subtitle movie. Um but I wouldn't knock any points off for it because it's just what it is. So um, all these people, they're all awesome. We've seen some of these people before. I, I was looking in The Host and in Okja. You know, the mother that you like in mm-hmm. this movie, she was in Okja. Oh, right. Um, and the guy who plays the um, the rich guy in this movie, Sun Kyun Lee, he was the guy from The Host, the detective guy. I looked I, at a photo. I need to watch it again because yeah. I, I remember loving it and... Surprise, surprise. I don't remember much of it. Yeah, so, um, you know, good performances across the board. Um, For the Oscars, though, none of the actors are up for any acting Oscars. This is up for, like, six Oscars, actually. It's up for, like, editing and best picture and what did what's the new name for foreign... International. International. It's Which in, is fair. It's in that one. It's in production design. I think that... Sound might have been one of them. That's some really cool surround sound. This movie. Did you notice that? No, just in that beginning part when you mentioned it. Did you? Did you? When they threw the rock down the stairs. Mm-mm. You remember that scene though? I do, but I remember the surround. It was sound really part. cool. It was. It was like, uh, oh, that rock really went down some stairs right in front of me. So, um, this is directed by Bong Joon Ho. He did Okja, which we watched on. It's a Netflix movie, actually. If you've got Netflix, you can see it. Um, how would you describe that movie? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> uh, have you seen the episode Meat of, um, you know, that Torchwood. Show. Torchwood. <laughs> That's a Doctor Who spinoff. Yeah. Very, very, um, But niche. the episode called Meat is what I think of when I think of Okja. Yeah. It's like a, oh, oh, actually come to think of it. You remember the part that Jake Gyllenhaal plays in Okja? Yeah. That's uh, a very, like... Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal's like doing like a Korean like comedy. Like he actually took on actually, all Actually, I don't think so. I think he was doing like Jerry Lewis. He took on like some weird, like it's kind of campy and it's kind of Yeah, it was like Jerry Lewis from right. the 50s and 60s. Um, but Octa is this CGI creature. 
that dominates the whole movie. It's a really cool looking movie. And it's a very like interesting idea, right? Again, very. It's not super deep, but it is. But you t- might not know what's what it's really about. I mean, right. you, it kind of does touch a few sensibilities in the world, you know, in the humanity and animals. And I think we both really enjoyed it. Yeah, I um, really enjoyed it. What about the host? Yeah, I mean, it's your favorite one, isn't it? I do, but I don't remember it fully, except I was really like, whoa, this is what this is <laughs> when it yeah. kicks off. Yeah, it's a it's a, a, it's actually full on monster movie, isn't it? It's a like a Godzilla. Yeah. It's a giant monster movie, but it's. Done in like this subtle way where it's... And it has a point. It's not like watching Godzilla where every 10 seconds there's Godzilla's like firing fire at each other. It's a bit more subtle than that. But you do get to see this giant monster and it's it's like this Korean movie with this giant monster. Like it's all, it's like a drama on this half of it. Mm-hmm. And then there's these crazy action sequences. It's a cool movie. And Snowpiercer, which... Um, I have not seen. Is another... That's the movie that American audience, audiences will probably know the the best because it featured American actors mostly. Um, is a, I said to you, this movie, um, Parasite, is up for best picture this year. It is not an English movie. It's not even an English language movie. How did that get there and others don't? Like, what? Mm. I'm not saying that this movie's, you know, this movie's as good as any movie I've seen, but... Like, what happened for this guy to get there? Because I don't believe anybody else ever has. Money and promotion. Yeah, it must be, mustn't it? Yeah, it's not... Movies don't just magically get known by the people who then can nominate and get the word out and advertise it. And that's why my love of the Oscars is feigning through the years. I love the idea of it, like, rewarding people who do good work. But I don't know... It's not like running a race. If you run a race and you end up going across the finish line first, it's very clear that in that moment, in that time, you were better than the other person. There is no subjective anything to it. It is what it is. In movies and art and capitalism, as this movie likes to address, a lot. sometimes the movies that have the most money and then the most either politically correct position that they're taking to push forward or their most like crazy weird like oh my god we've never seen anything like this message like when silence of the lambs is right up there when you're like whoa (laughs) we don't have many movies like the silence of the lambs up in there right but it became like a icon like a cultural iconic movie so it gets shoved to the front and then all you know Again, lots of money, lots of pushing, and someone gets a hold of a movie like this and says, oh my god, we've got to show this to whoever, whatever. So it's not about this movie being better than another movie that we've seen, necessarily. It just is who gets the who gets pushed to the top of the bucket, you know? Yeah. So um, there are some extras on the Blu-ray. There's just one, actually. It's just the... As Sitok would say, boring question and answer. <laughs> it really was super boring. Part of it is... Um, that guy was super boring. Also part of it is, um, it's trans. It, there's a translator. Oh, no, so, I didn't mind that at all. I mean, it makes every question take about a minute to even get to the point to. You know what? That didn't bother me one bit. It right. was the guy asking the questions. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Why are you so boring? You're like, ugh, didn't like him. Um. So, yeah, there's there's just that. 
And I believe that's just because they wanted to get it out quick so you could watch it before the Oscars. Um, IMDb reviews. This one should be fun, right? <laughs> yes. I'm like, why? Oh, you're right. <laughs> so, so we, you know, I'm like a 10 out of 10 on this movie. Seriously. I thought you were just saying you are a 10 out of 10. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> but this is also a 10 out of 10, easily. Okay. Wow. That's high. So, um, I will go for, these are the people who think it's a one out of 10. Okay. And do uh, they get special voices this time? Probably. Okay. Um, all right. I'm in. This one says, B. Velkova says, A family of incompetents who struggle to fold pizza cartons miraculously transform to ingenious con artists and infiltrate themselves into a rich home where they successfully pretend to deliver services that they have no clue how to do. The inhabitants of the house, on the other hand, are so incredibly stupid that they don't notice anything is wrong except for a weird smell. We didn't mention the smell. Yeah, true. That's probably a very big deal, because it seems to be a cultural thing that we're not aware of. It actually sparks one of the main things in the movie, where, yeah. you, where you can see his sniffing. Exactly. You, yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah, um, there's a thing about, in this movie, it directly says to the audience that rich people can smell poor people, and they, it's so disgusting, they have to... Kind of. Yeah, the guy's trying to describe the smell. Like yeah. when you boil your clothes and the people on the subway all yeah. smell this way. You know, and you're just like, what? And you see the two main rich characters both at one point. Like they're both kind of like... Curl their noses yeah, up. Yeah, curling their noses up. So that's a thing. Um, So that's that person's saying this. Let's go with another one. Yeah, but what... Do you, that's not going to argue with that person but the thing is this family has skills these skills that they have they're very clever right being very clever doesn't mean you can like fold a pizza box very good but it does mean you would probably be able to con someone and drive a car and cook some food and clean a house yeah they don't have to do kid. anything next yeah, level the daughter teaches the kid the little kid how to draw that's yeah. not that big a deal. He's teaching, he knows how to speak English, so he's teaching their teenage daughter how to speak, how to write and, you know, understand English. The mother cooks the food and cleans the house. These aren't like, you know, it's not like they're going in there pretending to be brain surgeons. No. So that guy, idiot. So this person says, <laughs> this is the worst movie I've ever seen. Of course it is. Somebody had to say it. The story is very bad and boring. Waste of time. Oh, no, wait. They were watching the extra. <laughs> I I shocked when I saw that it had high rate. I shocked. Really, if I could rate it with zero, I will do. The only way that I can understand that its rate is 8.6, that IMD forgot to put minus, and its real rate is minus 8.6. <laughs> this guy likes rates. See, there's someone who disagrees with you on the 10 out of 10. This guy says, waste of time, waste, waste of time. money. Frankly speaking, it's a waste of everything. Well, I mean, that just gets straight to the point. That's admirable. This person says, who finds it amusing to watch a broke family get innocent people fired? True. I did have that. Like, you're, you should hate these people because they're jerks. <laughs> but then you kind of fall in love with them, so. Uh, what else we got? We got... It's incomprehensible to me how this film is acclaimed and heading for an Oscar. Incomprehensible. The primary flaw with this movie is subtitles. The dialogue has been translated by a poor cousin of Google Translate, 
and never reviewed by anybody who speaks English. The grammar is out the window. Literal word translations miss the meaning. Subtitles are often flashed up so quickly that a native English speaker doesn't even have time to read them. Not true. The result of this subtle travesty is that the plot is very hard to understand, particularly the twists. The overall plot is clear by the movie's end, but it's decidedly unremarkable. See, like I said, there are going to be people who don't know what's going on. That's one poor unfortunate soul right there. And finally, piece of trash. What the fuck? It's absolutely bad. The movie is boring. Pure fantasy. It's like a science fiction movie. I think it's like someone smoke a big one and make a boring, fanciful and ide- idealistic movie. That's a, that's a very Feel strong like, attitude you had there. <laughs> it feels like some people uh, who do these one-star reviews on IMDb are not English-speaking and they just put in a rough idea of what they wanted in a translator and then pasted it because it's so bad. I don't know some people just type on their phone and it's really Mm. hard sometimes if you're feverishly trying to I don't give them I'm not giving them that out I'll give them that credit because they're sitting with their phone in their hand obviously while they're watching the movie or they've given up on the movie they go straight to their phone they're infuriated they've got to go to IMDB let me log into IMDB I've got to type this in thumb 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 I'm probably driving or I'm riding the subway thumb 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 hit send and then they don't proofread it so I'm giving them that much credit <laughs> I give them zero credit <laughs> out of out of ten <laughs> um, so, ah but isn't it a beautiful world where everyone can think differently so that's the uh, that's the movie I don't like the- it when everybody likes the things I like so I like it when I like a thing that no one likes yeah. that's a loop you see I'm in a loop but this movie it seems like a lot of people like let's read one good review of it okay Switch it up. All right. This one says, 10 out of 10. The best film of this decade. Oh, my. Funnily, this decade only only just died. <laughs> so I don't know if you can make that yet, if you can say that. Unless they're on the bandwagon where we're still in the last decade and the new one doesn't start until January 1st of next year. The guy says, I'm remarkably stingy with my 10 out of 10s, and I'll be the first person to acknowledge this. Of the roughly... 2,600 titles I've rated on IMDb, only 34 out of 10. Parasite is one of them. If it isn't a masterpiece, then I don't know what is. I'll keep the plot vague, though, in this review. And then he goes on to talk about the plot. (laughs) And then he says at the end, When it comes time to consider what the best film of the 2010s was, this one will surely be up there. Did it come out in 2019? 2019. Maybe? Okay. Yeah. That's why he's still in the last decade. That's yes. fair. That's fair. So that's fine, yeah. So yeah. You can you can have it as the best film of the decade. Because it came out in 2019. I mean, I disagree with that. No, I mean, I, I don't have say to, it's the best I'd have to go over the whole he list. He can have but. that. <laughs> he's not wrong. <laughs> All right. So that is the movie Parasite. Thank you to Universal for letting us have a copy for review. And I'm hoping that this wins an Oscar of some kind because I'm really into it. It's very good. I don't think that's a measure of anything. Or you just want it to win because why? So people will I watch it? I want this director to be recognized okay. by Hollywoods. But not of none of the others that haven't been nominated? Uh, yeah, I don't care about all those <laughs> people. Fair enough. All right. So um, thank you to Universal And next week, we'll be reviewing the epic war movie, Midway. So, starring Woody Harrelson. So, we'll see that next week. 
Movie recommendations. I am going with The Host, which we mentioned earlier. It's by the same director. It's awesome. And my other one is a movie that nobody probably has ever heard of. It's called Kumiko the Treasure Hunter. Do you remember it? No. It is... Why I really love it is it's also a it's a Japanese movie, I believe, but it's a companion piece to Fargo. Oh yes, I do. Okay, okay. And yep, it yep. is awesome. It's really good. If you like Fargo, um <laughs> and you want to see you, I love how you do that. Not necessarily the truth. Well, no, I like Fargo and I loved this. And it, it actually uses the movie Fargo in its plot. But that doesn't mean everybody. And it is awesome, right? It is really good. I think we give, we might give it a 10 out of 10. But then again, if you love Fargo, you might think that is a piece of shit. You have no way of knowing. You might, but it's um, it's very cleverly, and it's based on a kind of a true story. But it's nothing to do with Fargo. Uses the <laughs> it's movie the Fargo within its plot. Yeah, but that doesn't... It's, they're not associated. It's not like a follow-up or a sequel No, that's, or a what, that's not or what I said. I'm saying it uses the movie Fargo... In its plot, actually the movie Fargo, with clips from the movie, in the movie. So, um, they're my movie. I bet nobody saw Kumiko the Treasure Hunter either. Well, we did. Somebody did. It's and uh, mine are going by the rule for the year is 100 years ago I'm going to pick a movie. And 50 years ago. So, the girl in number 29 Don't from 1920. 1920. What's it about? Think of that, everybody. Uh, the girl in number 29. I don't know. I didn't research this one. It oh, was hold on. You picked by... a movie you've never seen, but you're I've never recommending. Seen it. I'm recommending. I'm picking movies. I haven't seen a lot of You have to have seen it. No, I don't. There are no rules to this. Your one-star reviews just had a 10-star review, so don't tell me about rules. So the girl in number 29, directed by John Ford back in 1920, you know, because I wanted to make people aware that... It's a hundred, well, it's been more than a hundred years. Is that available to watch anywhere? I don't know. I didn't research it. And then the one from 1970, which is 50 years ago. Now, don't get up my ass about this one, because it's MASH. And I love it. I love all of MASH. All of everything except for Trapper John MD, the spinoff sequel that came after it. And I didn't particularly like Radar Show, and I didn't like Klinger Show. I didn't like any of the spinoffs from MASH. But the movie MASH and the show MASH. But this was the movie. Um, I've only ever really seen gone. the movie and cl- and you know bits and pieces Why of the show. I'm married to you. You've uh-huh. never watched Mash. Well, I've seen the movie. Yeah, it's it's just a it's just like the tiniest portion of the beauty and the. I've also seen the glory that is Mash. <laughs> I've seen many episodes of the TV show. When I was a kid, watched. right? I w- I was a TV kid, like. The fat TV kid who would sit eating a pan of macaroni and cheese watching TV all evening on the TV that I had downstairs when we lived in a house where I had the basement to myself. Like a finished basement, you know. With a nice big cushy couch. And I would eat my Twinkies, drink my Mountain Dew, eat my macaroni and cheese or frozen pizza and watch TV from the moment I got home from school until it would go off the air or I would fall asleep. Now, TV used to go off the air because we only had three channels. 12.30 or 1.30, depending on the night, you'd get the... After the... Um, the little farm report and the flag with the song and, you know. So I would watch MASH and I would actually avoid going out as a teenager on the nights when my favorite shows were on MASH was one of them. My friends thought I, friends thought I was so boring. 
Like, oh my God, you want to watch like MASH? And then I would always want to watch Johnny Carson. So I never always wanted to be home so I could watch Johnny Carson. <laughs> I was like an old lady. <laughs> so MASH has always been, you know, a fond thing for me. I was there live when the final episode was on. I watched it right then and there. You know, I was there. So nice. I, I highly recommend MASH and all of the world except for those spinoffs. I will... uh Games and A-Scully stuff. I've been playing more Fortnite. They've added some challenges for Valentine's Day. So if you're into Valentine's Day kind of characters, there is a bunch of stuff for you to do. Also been playing this game on Game Pass called Children of Mortar. And it's a top-down... I would compare it to Diablo with a story. That's what I thought when I saw it. Yeah, but it's 8-bit looking. It's like pixel graphics. Uh, You're leveling up your characters. You're, you know slashing at the enemies and you're upgrading and you're getting better and it's also roguelike so when you die you the progress is all reset but the power of your character is kept so you can try and get a better run through the next time when you're a little bit more powerful seems to be a common theme in games these days the roguelike element where you can die at any point and you have to start again from the beginning but you don't lose the progress in on your character so it always gets a little bit easier sounds weird it's a thing it's uh it's to make you play in a very careful way so you don't just go mm-hmm. gung-ho into everything because you know that you can lose everything so it makes gameplay really tense versus how you used to play games where you would die 500 times and just put another quarter in all right <laughs> you know um but i guess that the roguelike element of an arcade machine was, holy crap, I only have three quarters, so I better make this work, right? True. So, uh, yes, similar to that. So that's the games I've been playing this week. Um, Sid Talk, I'll tell you what's for dinner. It's Impossible Whopper. <laughs> People might take that wrong, like you're demanding that, <laughs> they're, that they're being Impossible Whopper. But that's just our Saturday plan for and a it's while. it's very delicious. It is, and we haven't had one all week. No. And... and- what is your advice? We'll tell you why we tell you what we have for supper is because we're vegetarian and people think that's weird for some reason and we're not starving and we're not health nuts. We like junk food, fast food, and healthy food. I have two big bags of carrots and two big bags of apples right now. Every day I've been trying to eat one of them, one of each of them, raw. I like raw vegetables and I like junky food. So, you know, you're not going to die. We just don't eat meat. That's the only difference. Yeah, that's the only thing. We eat junk, but we don't. (laughs) But not just junk. We're open-minded, as long as this is not this. We've eaten a lot of meat in our life, just not anymore. Um, And my advice is, you know, I I don't think I'm alone in this. I mean, I know I'm not alone in this, but my brain has always, I mean, I, I can remember as, as a kid, and then teenager in my early years, and it was tormenting to me and just a constant thing in my mind of finding meaning in life. This is very deep. I don't mean like the meaning of life. I just mean like daily, what value do you bring in this world? What is what is the point? Like, you know, if you're a person who literally does nothing but just goes through life and you I mean I don't know how that's possible to just be like a I don't know what I'm saying there but um <laughs> you know I guess we have a measure of people there are people who like change the world for humans by curing diseases and 
you know, finding ways of making life better for humanity. If you want to call it that, we'll just call it that. Like building better buildings and building safer roads and all that kind of stuff, right? The per- there's a person, an engineer, an inventor, uh, someone with that idea, and they change the whole world. And you're like, whoa, that person did that thing. And then there's the rest of us. Billions of us. There'll be trillions of us, right? Par- parasites. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I was thinking is like, it's... But it's all one. You know, I I don't, my advice is don't let anyone decide for you how you find meaning in your life or value or how you get through your day. As long as you're not being destructive and hateful and want to tear somebody down to make yourself feel important, that's my line. And yes, I'm very judgmental. And if your thing is, well, I need to destroy this whole idea because I don't like it. I need to kill all these people because I don't like them. I need to suffocate that religion because I don't believe in it. All that shit. No, we got a problem then. But if your thing is just like, I just want to, I just want to look around and find value in the relationships I've had in my life, the people I have known, the things I've done. Oh my God. The things I've done, the choices I've made, the consequences I've dealt with the successes I've had, the things I've learned, the things I've taught, you know, always give yourself some credit that you've passed on something valuable, maybe not good, but valuable. You might've made a huge mistake in your life and someone who admires you and cares about you, who might be younger than you observes you and the consequence and what it's done to you. And it might make them think about a different choice. That's you having an impact, being important, valuable in the world. Even just that one thing. Like that, that's the symbiosis, right? Like I do my thing. You observe me. I learn from you. You learn from me. I get this from you. I get this from society and I give back by, you know, whatever, whatever the system is. And yeah, it's whatever. flawed. And it, yeah, <laughs> the United States or whatever. Everything is flawed and everything's fucked up and taxes are too high and politics are corrupt and people are lazy and people are too ambitious and some people are greedy and some people are lazy and blah, blah, blah. I get it. But it's all one big swirl, right? It's all one thing. We're all in it together. And so if I have someone tell me that my life has no meaning or I'm not finding meaning because I don't have their God or their religion or their point of view, or their spirituality, whatever, spirituality. You know, I think some people can get really, really down because of that. Because I don't identify with any of that. I never have. I've tried. I've never been able to identify with anybody who has any belief in anything. Like ghosts or gods you know, religious texts, I feel like I've always felt like it's just somebody wrote it down. It's like reading a story to teach us something, right? You're supposed to learn something from it. It's just somebody wrote it down to either control or help or help guide other people, other humans at the time. And that's fine. That's, that's just the way my brain has always seen it. But the world pushes at you and pecks at you and rips at you and cuts at you to like go, no, 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 no. I'm going to rip you open and pour my thing in because without my thing, you don't know the meaning of life. Gross. Yeah. But that's how I feel. Like it's (laughs) people ripping at you constantly. 
either with subtle little digs or with like the overt things of like, oh, I'll say a prayer for your mom. Oh, oh, I forgot. You're not really into that, are you? That kind of thing. Like I've actually had that said to me. <laughs> you know, so it's like, you can say a prayer for my mother. That's very nice. Why do you think I would care? But you want to comment on it at the same time. So why not just say the prayer in your head and shut your mouth? <laughs> good good but, advice. Yeah, exactly. There's some more advice for you. <laughs> All right. No, I don't think that's how prayer works. But so if you don't feel like you identify with anything that people are trying to shove your way and you just constantly feel lost or guilty because you're not doing the thing or you, but you feel fine, like you feel like you're doing okay, Minus the damaging and destroying people and things and ideas. Remember, I'm not advocating that at all. I would be the first one to put the chokehold on you. But don't let somebody define it for you. Because you know what? I don't have a thing that that defines my meaning of life. I don't have a thing at all. I don't have any one thing. I don't have a thing about an afterlife. I don't have a thing about anything. I just go through my life and pick and choose the things that I'm like, wow, that is fantastic and amazing. And I want to tell my friends I love them and I want to nourish this relationship because it feels good. And I want to learn this thing and teach this thing and love my husband and have a, you know, respectable to me life so that when I'm done, I'm not sitting there going, oh God, what have I done? What have I done for the last however many years? So You don't have to have a thing and don't let someone else design it for you. You're probably fine. I mean, I don't know that, but (laughs) so just don't let anyone else decide for you how to find your meaning in life. All right. Well said. Well, Well, it was around about there a little bit, but let me uh, draw you towards our website, ascully.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, catch this podcast on the Google play store, the iTunes music store, Tune in radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and uh, smart speakers. Just say, listen to After the Show podcast on TuneIn, and you will hear the latest episode. Don't email Sid Talk ever. Email me sometimes. And uh, stay classy. (laughs) The Oscars, Sunday night. Also, I want to draw your attention to Curb Your Enthusiasm (laughs) on uh, HBO, which this, this season is funny and fantastic i agree and i'm gonna say if you're not thinking for yourself somebody's probably doing it for you 